Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Yeah, you listening to this. My name is Mercy St. Clair, and I'm a trekker. Not a very glamorous job, but not according to some group called the Akadekagonagon Theatre Works. And me. I think your adventures can be very glamorous. Oh, come off it, Molly. What I do is dirty, dangerous, and frustrating. Maybe. But I know I like hearing about what you do, and now other people can as well. That's where you come in. Yes, you. The one I started talking to before being interrupted. Head on over to 8TW.Ninja and look for my adventures as dramatized by the Akadekagonagon Theatre Works and some guy named Ron Randall. Or else. Mercy! Ron Randall's Trekker, a new audio drama by the Akadekagonagon Theatre Works, presented through the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. Coming summer 2021. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robinson, and I say welcome back even though some of you it might be your first time because, by golly, I like everybody to be friends here. (laughs) And uh, speaking of friends, I'm going to just skip my uh, usual review a comic shtick, you know, that thing that I usually do, because I do have a friend with me today. The very talented Ron Randall is back. Ron, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Clint. It's great to be back with you again, too. Oh, so what's been going on with you lately, Ron? What, what's happened <laughs> since the last time you were here? Well, let's see. Uh, uh, the, the, what's going on with me now is I'm uh, in the middle of, a, of another Kickstarter for the next uh, book in my Trekker series. So uh, that's... Uh, that's kind of where my heart and head are both at these days. Uh, you know, I've uh, um, spent a lot of time making the story. Uh, it's like a musician going into the studio and slaving over making the album just so. And uh, and now I'm at the part where that part of the job is done. And so now I'm uh, running the campaign to raise the funds to get the book printed and, and into the hands of the, the readers of the series. So it's uh, kind of an all-consuming task, but one I love. <laughs> Well, we love you for it. <laughs> so just a reminder for people who may have forgotten for some strange reason, or for people who have absolutely no idea, can you give people an idea what Trekker is exactly? Sure. Uh, it's a science fiction comic series about a young woman who's a bounty hunter. Uh, her name is Mercy St. Clair. And uh, 
so it's a series of um, self-contained uh, sort of action-adventure science fiction stories that have elements of pretty much all the stuff I love most about science fiction, everything from, you know, swashbuckling, you know, Flash Gordon and Star Wars sort of stuff to things that are sort of more atmospheric and uh, moody, like uh, Blade Runner, um, uh, elements of some of the science fiction novels that I've read over the years. But largely it's an action-adventure s- series about um, – Mercy St. Clair and um, the stories, if you put all the individual self-contained stories, I might have mentioned, <laughs> but when you put them all together, the, the point of the series is really to trace Mercy's personal evolution as a human being, as a character. And the idea of the series is that it's, it's a long form sort of novelistic approach. I'm trying to go for where the character you know, starts in one place uh, one set of you know awarenesses and things that she think who she thinks she is and how she thinks the world should be, <laughs> and over the course of the series we find out that a lot of those assumptions are wrong or modify and evolve over time. So um, it's basically a long character arc uh, that the series consists of. Um, but I disguise it as a series of stories that that the twelve year old kid in me loves with spaceships and crash landings on desert planets and desperate escapes and shootouts and explosions <laughs> all that stuff too <laughs> okay and it's fair to say that you don't have like a clear end in mind for trekker you, you just uh, keep telling the stories as they come to you uh no actually no it's it's, it's the opposite of that um wh- when i first proposed the series back uh back at dark horse comics uh, I was invited to just, you know, um, pitch them an idea for a series that I would really like to do. So uh, I did. And I, I I I wanted to put into this thing everything that I love most about, you know, storytelling and science fiction and the craft of making good comic books and all that stuff. And um, one of the things I wanted was a series that would be, that would have a long sort of, a, a long sort of epic scope and scale to it, but would also have a, an intentional resolution. Um, at the, when I created it, I wasn't sure of the details or re- how that resolution was going to be, but it was always my intention to to get there. And having worked on it off and on for a bunch of years, and now I'm back to where I'm telling the rest of this series uh, in a very intentional, <laughs> determined way where I'm going to keep putting the books out. But now I do have the the broad strokes of all those um, of all those resolution threads and stuff. I have that fairly well planned out so i do have an end point in mind it's a ways down the road yet because um as i say well from the very beginning i wanted it to be a series that would that would have a satisfying shape to it you know um where a reader could get into it and follow along and see the world slowly evolve and the characters slowly evolve and become more complex and everything um but get to the point where where, where things are resolved where there's a sense of completion and and, and you know uh, a satisfaction to the experience as opposed to a series that just sort of peters off you know peters out and runs out of gas or just stops abruptly without and, and leaves you hanging i um um i think i went to the readers who have been sticking with me for all these years <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that i uh, have a resolution that that uh that i have planned out intentionally and hope people will find is a is a good reward and payoff for for the um, for, for their for the years of loyalty. <laughs> well, that's good though. That's good. So, uh, 
2021 has kind of been a big year for Trekker, hasn't it? Yeah, um, 2020 was a pretty, um, pretty good one for me too, despite the horrors of you know mm. <laughs> what the pandemic did as far as forcing everybody to live in isolation and all that sort of stuff. I ran two really successful Kickstarters in that year, which was, was sort of like a blessing for me because it gave me something to concentrate on, <laughs> rather than just how horrible things were. You know how how much how many challenges we were all going through, and uh, those two campaigns uh, seemed to really be finding a lot of new eyes for Trekker, and and it really helped to expand my uh, my readership, and uh, which is essential because. Having made the switch away from using Dark Horse to publish the books for me, which I did for reasons we can get into if you think we need to cover that ground as well. But uh, I am, I've sort of taken the, my fate really into my own hands and I'm now self publishing these books through the Kickstarter campaigns, which means that the books simply don't happen unless readers, you know, read them and uh, enjoy the stories enough that they're willing to come back and give me money for the next book. It's a direct, you know, I, I, I work directly with my readers, uh, so I call us the Trekker community together. Because uh, it ain't going to happen if I'm not here to write and draw the stories, and it ain't going to happen if the people aren't there to read the stories, appreciate them, support my next campaign, and just as importantly, I think, uh, you know, spreading the word. If if they if anybody is a fan of Trekker, um, chances are someone in their circle of friends and family uh, has some similarity in tastes. Uh, and 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 might find Trekker uh, a real satisfying read for them as well. So, uh, when I see the campaigns doing better and more readers coming on board, it makes it more more likely that I'm going to be able to finish telling all those stories. I've got a long ways to go, and I need a large enough body of readers that will be able to sustain it. You know, through the the ups and downs and everything that happens as years go by in the comics industry, just like every place else. Um, uh, the the bigger group of fans you have the more stability you have to get the stories done so um it was a big year and uh this year has been fantastic like you're saying that this campaign i launched it uh, as we speak i launched it about a week ago and it's already um uh doubled the funding goal that i'd set for it it funded in six hours um the, the where it's at it's you know if it stays on anything like the sort of projectory that one might expect it's going to be the biggest campaign i've run yet the most number of backers and the highest uh, funding total so i'm i'm madly scrambling to add more stretch goals to get <laughs> to give readers more <laughs> additional goodies to the i'm not really madly um scrambling i had uh, i have a lot of them prepared already before i launched the campaign i try to have i try to be pretty prepared for these things but still the um the, the initial energy in this campaign was was more than i had anticipated so again very gratifying and like you said it's it's making 2021 an awfully big year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of those stretch goals, at the moment we are less than $200 away from the uh, Rigel Bookmark stretch goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's happening quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what kind of stretch goals do you have in mind past that? Or can you divulge some of that? Um, I try to be, you know, I, I, when I ran the first campaigns, I sort of had this whole chart of all the stretch goals I had in mind. And then somebody, um, at Kickstarter suggested maybe it'd be better to sort of reveal them as time goes on. It makes it a little bit more exciting and lets some backers stay more engaged. So I try to be a little bit coy about that, but in, in, in broad strokes, I'll say that 
I'm trying a mix of different rewards. Some of them will be physical level rewards, like um, I'm going to do a, another sticker sheet like I did with the last campaign. Some people into stickers. I've got another – I did a window cling, which you know you, you can sort of stick it on either side of the window in a car or your house or whatever. Um, so some things like that. I've already had uh, – we added a post to the campaign um, and uh, – extra prints so those sort of physical rewards i'm also gonna um if we if we're successful like we were at the previous campaign i have plans to do enamel pins a couple of enamel pins those are really popular and some other things like that and then i also have some rewards that are going to be digital only digital only rewards that um that I, I think I got some pretty good fun surprises that readers and, and fans of Trekker uh, and or fans of just me and my um, my art in general might get some some kicks out of some of those things we have coming. So those will all be revealed a little bit down the road. So the sooner the sooner the campaign you know makes progress, the more those things get revealed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So speaking of the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. What's new for Molly and Mercy, or should I say Mercy and Molly, since, you know, it is Mercy's book. <laughs> it is, but it's... preference, you know. <laughs> right, well, you know, um, and, and, and uh, it, it's, it's fine with me, frankly, either way. Um, you know, when I, when I started the series, it was clearly Mercy's story. Um, but again, as I, as I worked on the series and developed the characters in the world more, I always intended to flesh out some of the uh quote unquote the supporting cast characters and of course molly uh has become you know much more uh, closer to the center of everything so if people want to call it mercy and molly's story or molly and mercy's story i'm kind of <laughs> i'm kind of okay with it either way um so um uh, what's new with them well uh for a while now mercy has been on this um this circuitous quest to to try to get some answers about this uh, this organization called Rigel. Uh, Rigel is this big resistance group. They 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 try to uh, resist the oppressive uh, rule of the uh, the, sound, the central council, the Galactic ruling council. And uh, but they, they they tend to be sort of an they're an idealistic group. They they used uh, they use non lethal weapons, which Mercy Mercy um, dismisses as being like toys and gadgets um she has a gun and she shoots people you know <laughs> so this has been her thing um but anyway then it turns out she it was revealed that uh, that her mother uh, long before mercy was around had connections to rigel and was in fact an agent for them um which uh that revelation a few stories ago really sort of rocked mercy's world and changed the trajectory of her of her life uh changed what she thought she knew about herself and that sort of stuff um in this story, it's called Reckoning on Rigel because Mercy and Molly finally arrive at Rigel, um, the the headquarters of this group. Uh, and Mercy's there to get some definitive answers, to find out exactly what's going on, and frankly, hopefully to see what she should do with the rest of her life, sort of. Um, no sooner do they get to the station, though, than, uh, than the station is rocked by uh, sabotage and betrayal from within. And, uh, of course, it wouldn't be a Trekker story if it didn't end up in a situation where only Mercy can <laughs> save the lives of everybody on board if she can unmask uh, the traitor and, and stop them in time from uh, destroying the station or at least, you know, calling the government forces in where the station's at and, uh, and ending the, re- the, the, the resistance and the rebellion all at once. So um, 
it, it's uh, it's got some revelations in it. Uh, it's got some real um, um, things coming to a head that have been building for the last several of the trade paperbacks that I've done in the series. It's a big story, I guess, is the bottom line. Um, <laughs> And and for me, one of the things that I love about the series is I try uh, with sort of each each of the books, um, each of the trade paperbacks is around 112 to 120 pages long. So I have room in that to tell a, a pretty good size main feature action adventure and then a backup story or two, which lets me flesh out some of the other aspects of Mercy's life and the other characters in the series and the world. But each one of those main stories I try to have uh, have a certain tone or almost like a subgenre of science fiction in it. The one before Wrecking on Rigel was called Hunter's Moon. And my uh, to myself, that, that story was, this is, this is mercy against the monster. Uh, I was thinking in terms of like Tarzan out in the jungles of Africa as he has to fight off the, you know, the tiger or something like that. It's just a tooth and claw death match, visceral, very primitive, primal sort of, gritty struggle that's what that story was um rigel is a different subgenre. it's more it's more an intrigue and a suspense and there's a mystery to be solved and there's tension that builds and the stakes get higher and the tension ratchets up so it's got more of that sort of a flavor to it at least that's what i'm shooting for that being able to shift the tone of the story from one from one issue to the next really um makes me feel like I can challenge my 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 storytelling muscles, so to speak, from one issue to the next. And I hope it, it provides a little bit, bit of sort of fresh air for the readers, you know, that all the stories have a lot of consistent elements to them. Mercy is always Mercy, although she's gradually evolving and changing and so on. But but it, it's her series, and that's always consistent. There's always action. There's always adventure. But I try to have different flavors, <laughs> you know, in each of the in each of the stories, too, so that uh, – there's a little bit of freshness to it for, for myself as the creator and for the readers to experience as well. Well, good. I'm glad you mentioned the backups, uh, because I have to ask, do we get any new updates about scuff? (laughs) Well, let's see. Scuff is in the story. Um, but he, he's, he's doesn't have too big of a central role in, in the action here. I do have, um, but, but I work ahead, you know, so I've, I've got the, this story is already done, of course. Um, and I'm already working on the, the tale for the next book. And I'm, I'm thinking about having, uh, uh, the backup story there, uh, have a little bit more. So scuff for the, for listeners who don't know, scuff is, um, a domesticated fox, uh, which, uh, I, early on in the series, I, I called it a dox. That word has taken on different connotations now, but anyway, he's, so he's mercy's pet, uh, a scruffy old domesticated fox. Um, and uh, he's there largely to, you know, initially to humanize Mercy at first in the earlier stories before her relationships with, uh, specifically, of course, Molly, but also some of the other characters developed uh, more and, and let us see more of that, you know, the human side of her. Um, so Scuff was there to, to, to establish some of that so the readers could recognize some humanity in Mercy early on, even when Mercy didn't want anybody to think of her as being human. She just wanted to be this tough, you know, bounty hunter machine sort of. Um, so that's gradually evolving. But anyway, so Scuff is still there because who doesn't love <laughs> a fox as a pet? So uh, I, I do plan on trying to to have him. Uh, you know, he has a little a little uh, screen time here and there. And in the next story after this one, I, I want to try to see if I can't 
um, play up a little bit of a, a sort of a playful kind of lighthearted uh, L angle to the this specifically to the backup story with Scuff. Uh, you know, I, I try not to, I try to cleave a fine line with the Trekker stories. I want them to have a sense of you know, classic action adventure, um, some some modern sort of flavors to it, so it will feel like a story that's being done in the year 2021, uh, as much affection as I have for stories from decades before this. Um, and I don't want the stories to ever become too... Hmm, too explicit in some ways or too lighthearted or almost goofy in others. You know, it's, um, um, I have to follow my own instincts and my own tastes and temperaments for that. So playing scuff for a little bit of lighthearted moments of whimsy here without ever going too far in that direction to, to change the overall feel of a series. I guess that's, uh, that's one of the things I try to watch out for in the stories is, is never veer too far from the, a line that makes it feeling like it's a trucker story, I guess is the way to put it. Okay, and uh, not the, you know, I want to see Scuff put to the side or anything, but <laughs> are there any potential new pets in the future? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, that may not be a bad idea. It, it's something that hadn't uh, occurred to me. Right now, Mercy and Molly are uh, hopping around out in the stars a lot and space stations and ships, so not, not a whole lot of chance to interact with a local with a lot of local uh, uh, flora and fauna. But uh, there are stories coming up where uh, they will be uh, on one planet or another. Um, so uh, let's see. Let's see what can unfold there. I, you know, you've, you've, you've planted a seed there, Clifford. Clifford so I'll have to, have to see if I can de- find a way to de- develop that. I'm, uh, as I said at the beginning here, what we were talk- I, um, I do have the, the main the main outline or arc of the series the, the the major elements I sort of have a plan out an outline that I'm following for all that stuff but what I what I like about it is within that basic skeleton there's plenty of room for me to to improvise modify and add uh, new elements or, or ideas as uh, as I you know as I'm having a conversation with somebody who might mention are there going to be other pets. <laughs> or I'm watching a, I'm watching a show on TV, or listening to a podcast, or watching a movie, or reading a book, and some idea will come up for you know uh, uh, a story setting or a situation, or a, some sort of a character development thing that might be something I could apply to one of my characters. You know, I, I'm 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 open to um to bringing in new elements into the series as as I continue to evolve as a storyteller, and I get exposed to different kinds of ideas. So. It's it's a good spot to be. I know pretty much where I'm going, and I reserve the right to um, to modify the trip along the way <laughs> if it seems like it's going to improve the overall adventure for everybody. So if pets, if more pets are going to you know come down in the wind column, I'll find a way to put more pets in. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Okay, so circling back to 2021 being a big year for Trekker, sure. Uh, Trekker kind of transcended the comics page within the last couple months. <laughs> it did yeah that was uh quite a thrill for me yeah for you those you, oh yeah, yeah why don't you, you why don't you set it up first so I can, yeah just yeah. for those that might not have noticed uh the folks over at the akadeka ganagon wow i can't believe i said that the first time trying <laughs> <laughs> great that's not easy to do so congrats yeah, yeah. <laughs> those people uh they started up a trekker audio drama Headed up by a good friend of the show, Gene Hendricks. Yeah, that was that was um, 
<clears throat> that was such a, such a thrill. Um, uh, Gene reached out to me and, you know, asking uh, if that's something I might be interested in doing. And uh, I hadn't heard about the, these folks before, so I, I, I looked up the Akateka Ganagan. See, I'm, I'm getting better at saying it myself. <laughs> um, and what I heard was that f- the first thing that they had done, I guess, they'd done some, they'd taken some old, like, I guess, 1940s or 50s comic stories that were sort of now in the public domain, and they just adapted those to audio dramas like an old-time radio show. And uh, they sounded pretty good. And then they started doing... Um, Terry Moore's classic uh, Strangers in Paradise comic series and adopting that to uh, to the audio drama form. And so I listened to the first couple of episodes of that, and I was really impressed. I mean, I thought that the, um, the, the, the voice acting was very good. It captured the, the personalities, the character of the series, uh, the, the, you know, the, the sound... Um, the sound engineers and uh, the production values were good, really good. And it just, I mean, it felt like, it felt like an affectionate and um, loyal, I guess it'd be, that's not the right word I'm looking for, but it, it, they, 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 they very much preserved and, and um, augmented the feel and flavor and tone of the comic series. It was respectful. That's the word. It's affectionate and respectful and well-executed. And I thought, well, I mean, that checks all the boxes that I would need to have checked for Trekker to be translated into any sort of media, let alone the fact that I personally love audio dramas. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, um, I, a local radio station on, uh, on uh, weekday evenings would, would have an hour just called the Old Time Radio Show. And it would randomly play some, um, some old radio shows. Uh, there would be comedy shows, you know, Abbott and Costello or whatever, uh, Fibber McGee and Molly, and there'd be dramas, uh, and there would be like the shadow of the old, you know, radio. And so these old sh- radio shows. And I just loved listening to those things, you know? Um, and then finding more modern versions of that where people were doing audio dramas of one thing and another. So um, the, the idea about the thought of having Trekker turned into something like that uh, was really exciting to me. And as Gene pointed out, um, the way I write the Trekker stories, um, there's a certain, a lot of it is narrated. There's a lot of captions. Mercy's narrated in the story, like, uh, like an old crime noir sort of comic or, or a movie or something. So when the narration can add a certain amount of the color and flavor and, and setting of the scenes uh, that made it translate to audio um, drama format pretty easily. Um, so the first couple of episodes are out now. Um, I've listened to them. They're delightful. <laughs> They're really fun. Um, the, uh, the actress, Amy, that plays uh, Mercy, uh, uh, she's just, it's just, she's, it's a dream. It's, she's, she gets the character down so well. And uh, I've heard a couple of spot, uh, promo pieces they did for this series for the actress that plays Molly. You get to hear the two of these interacting and uh, the chemistry is just magical. I was just, just so thrilled at the way these two women um, have captured the personalities of these, of these two characters. And uh, so it's just been, it's been an absolute thrill. Um, and I guess uh, I can segue maybe into say that backers of this Kickstarter uh, because of Gene, with he was clever and he's a generous guy, and he had this. I, I think it came from Gene. The idea was to 
offer a few cameo role slots in this radio drama for backers of the campaign. So he he went through the script for the the second Trekker story because the first one is the one they're doing now and that's pretty much wrapped up. But they were preparing for the second book now or the second story, and he went through and saw that there were he found six places where there'd be like people would just you know deliver one or two quick lines, um, and uh, so we've made the I've made that available as a reward tier on my campaign. So if anybody wants to. <laughs> become a radio star in Trekkers universe. <laughs> um, you can pledge the level. Um, I, I tongue in cheek, I call that level. You're on Rigel radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, we, we put up uh, the six slots and four of them have, have gone pretty quickly, but there's still a couple left. So if you want to have that experience, uh, I can guarantee that Gene and the cast there are delightful people. Um, and, uh, I think it'll be a great experience. It's such a unique reward. I was, I was, I was thrilled to be able to, um, to have that uh, that different um, the kind of a different you know flavor to the rewards, it's always fun every campaign to try to come up with a few new twists and turns, new surprises for the backers to see. So that was a great one. So yeah, I hope people will will, will seek out the Akadekagonagon Trekker audio drama and give it a quick listen. The episodes, I think the first one's about twelve minutes long, and the second one is nine minutes long, so it doesn't take a huge amount of time to get a to get a feel for what those folks are all about. Oh yeah, and there'll definitely be links in the show notes, folks. So, Great. You, know, I, you you can't pass any of this up. This is just quality material all around. Yep. So, um, you know, just continuing the tradition, 2022 looks to be a big year for Trekker too, because that's the 35th anniversary of the first Trekker issue. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it is. <clears throat> and I'm glad you reminded me of it because I, I tend not to be very good about going back and looking at the calendar and counting dates like that. I, the, the 30th anniversary just came in by without me even being, I was so oblivious to it. So yeah, but 35 years since, uh, since the first story debuted. So I'll have to make sure to, um, to, to, um, uh, talk that up in one way or another. So <laughs> if anybody has ideas for how I can promote that, just please let me know. It's not my, it's not my strength. The whole idea about marketing the books and selling the books, that's, uh, that's a job I'm only having to learn now that I've turned to, to Kickstarter because, uh, it's not what I got in the business to do, but it's, it's, it just became clear that this is the best way I can, uh, can do this series in the way that serves it well. And I think does best by the readers and everything. So I'm willing to promote Trekker. So if we can find things to do for the 35th anniversary, <laughs> let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no big plans set in stone yet. No, I mean, I do have one or if I'm lucky, I'm going to be running two more Trekker campaigns next year. So I guess I will, uh, I'll make sure to lean into that 35th anniversary thing there and see if that, you know, inspires a few more people to be willing to check it out. I mean, Hopefully they'll say if it's been around for three to five years and it still seems to be lively and fresh, then there must be he must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well before I move into some uh, less serious questions, <laughs> uh, you know, remind people where they can find that Kickstarter. Well, that's an excellent question um, <laughs> or reminder. Yeah, um, so the campaign it's pretty easy to find. You just type in trekkerkickstarter.com. All one word. Uh, TrekkerKickstarter.com will take you right to the campaign. Um, and as usual, I, 
I, I, I make a little, uh, you know, video for the, the Kickstarter so people can go that. And the video is about three minutes long, but in the first minute, you'll see uh, a lot of images from the book and, and get something of a flavor of what the series, the, the, the story, I should say, is about. Um, you can quickly get an impression of it that way, or you can just scroll through the, uh, the what they call the story section, where you can have the campaign described to you. And, and then, of course, all the list of the different rewards and the stretch goals that we've already achieved and all that stuff. Uh, I, I tried to design it so it's pretty easy to look at and quickly get a get a sense of if it might be the right thing for you. Oh, yeah. And for people who really... You know, you, you really have absolutely no clue what Trekker is about. Uh, I also suggest you go out and take a look at trekkercomic.com mm-hmm. and you'll know, read through a few pages. Just t- take a look at Ron's art, get a feel for his story. You'll know whether or not you want to keep going. And yeah. we all know the answer is yes. Yes, you will. <laughs> we certainly hope so, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, Ron, I have to ask, are there any cartoons or comic books in the world of Trekker? Wow. Uh, there's got to be, don't there? I mean, we, we can't, have, can't imagine a world without cartoons and comic books. Um, I, I would like to think that there'd be something like, you know, a, a Flash Gordon cartoon would be around. <laughs> um, just because of my own childhood affections for that sort of, like I said, that sort of swashbuckling sci-fi adventure stuff. Um, so I'd like to see something like that. <laughs> uh, and comic books, well, comic books will be with us always, uh, I hope. Um, yeah, who knows what they would be? I, I, I think things that are the most likely to endure would be the real thick sort of, you know, manga books that are these long, expensive stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then the nice, substantial hardcover volumes of, of different graphic novels and stuff like that. So I'd like to see some of those, like to think some of those things are still around. <laughs> okay. Uh, just out of curiosity, are there any characters in Trekker that you've written off and then later regretted? Um... Let me think about that. Um, not really. There, there are a couple of you know, a couple of characters have died. Uh, that that whose deaths had an impact, but that was pretty much. I felt that that served the series really well, and the impact that they have through their deaths <laughs> probably has more. Uh, it ha- has enriched the series more than had they stuck around as characters. That might be a terrible thing to say to those people, but they're just characters. So, I do have some characters <clears throat> that I've been adding in these last several stories where um, I-, I want to make sure that I do justice to them as characters. Uh, the series, of course, is largely Mercy's Journey, which people have probably gotten a pretty good sense of that from our conversation today. Um, and it's it's always gonna she's always gonna be the the primary focus. It, it is her journey. But some of the other characters in the series that I've created um, do have. Um, there are people who are really happy to see them, so they have some some attraction, some appeal, some whatever charisma as well. And uh, and I know that some of them have, you know, some crucial roles to play uh, down the road as well. So I need to make sure to not leave them all just sitting on a shelf uh, for any long a stretch of time. Um, that's a challenge for 
through the series as I go on, and I, I need to shift, and I have been shifting the focus from it just being pretty much exclusively about Mercy and all the backup characters just very very ancillary, so to speak. Uh, now I need to make sure to devote a certain amount of time to developing those characters and tracing their their journeys and their um, their agendas, so to speak, as well. Um, without the story getting bogged down and too diffused in in uh, in its focus. Um, so I'm I'm very aware again of trying to to cleave a fine line there where it doesn't uh, fall too far in one direction or the other. So that's my greater concern. Not that I've sort of discarded a character from the past that that I should have kept around longer, but more the characters that I do have around. Am I doing enough to um, to flesh those out and and uh, make the readers feel uh, feel their realities as much as I want them to do? Uh, because that's what's going to serve the series the best overall. So, okay. So, uh, you know, the, it, it's pretty obvious. I have a clear, clear fandom for Molly Sundowner. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would just say that that just means you're a man of good taste. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just leaves me a little bit curious, Ron. Where do you get the ideas for Molly's outfits? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, uh, the, the, the short answer is I don't know specifically. Uh, they're, they're just, you know, they, they come out of, I mean, largely they come out of my imagination. Uh, and when I, what I think of my imagination being is just pretty much everything I've been exposed to in my life is somewhere in my brain. <laughs> um, I may not be able to access it consciously. But it's there and affecting my taste, my sensibilities, and my uh, ideas, so to speak. So what I do with both Mercy and Molly, I tend to sit down with a sketchbook uh, when, I, when I'm getting ready to do a new story. Um, I mean, sometimes I will look at some images, fashion images, or, or, or even some other graphic novels or something that seem to have some nice fashion-y sort of flair that might somehow be able to fit in the sensibility I want the Trekker series to have. <clears throat> but but largely, I'll just sit down with the sketchbook, and I'll start essentially just sort of pushing the pencil around um, on the paper, and I'll start doing a blocking in a figure of which whichever the two girls I'm looking at at the time, uh, trying to get some of the body language and gesture right. And then just very tentatively sketch in a few different sort of quick ideas for, you know, you know, skirts or blouses or, you know, jackets or whatever, um, until something feels interesting to me. I mean, I just sort of feel my way through it very intuitively, very sort of organically, I'd say. It, it, the, the, the whole character design and costume design portion of the job is just tremendously fun for me because it's, everything is wide open then. I, I don't have to be drawing the character in a particular situation. <laughs> There's not a certain tricky sequence I'm trying to draw. It's just coming up with a good look for the character, and um, there's endless possibilities there. Uh, and knowing what I feel Molly's personality is, you know, who she is as a character and what her taste and style is, and, and same for Mercy, after so many years of having these characters kind of living in my head, um, I can um, – I, I usually trust my instincts pretty well to think, yeah, that fits for Molly, you know, that that's – that says something about who she is and who she is now. Maybe, she, maybe it's not the same thing she would have worn 
three years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's kind of a, I guess I'd say it's a very internal, intimate little process mostly. Yeah. And, um, I'll just let you know, listeners, there was a preview image of Molly that uh, I was, we'll say unprepared for. <laughs> it, it was time to switch to iced coffee after that. One. <laughs> Ooh. So, yeah. Well, Molly, but, Molly's, Molly's a very attractive young woman. Uh, you know, I think Mercy thinks that's true, and hopefully so do the rest of us. I mean, <laughs> if I'm doing my job right, she's supposed to, she's supposed to be. I mean, you know, Mercy's not just going to hang around with anybody. She, she needs somebody who's kind of an extraordinary human being. Um, and that was one of the great challenges I've had in the series, I think, is that, uh, you know, this, this series I start off by showing, here's Mercy St. Clair. is a very impressive, you know, very tough, very charismatic, you know, driven bounty hunter and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and, and then I wanted, you know, her partner, Molly to be, I want, I needed that relationship to make sense. And uh, it's not that Molly is also like a, a tough, you know, badass fighter. She, that's not who Molly is at all. Um, but she has to be in her own way, just as powerful, <laughs> just as resourceful, as, as brave, as strong as Mercy is, but in, in completely different ways, um, uh, so, uh, um, yeah, but anyway, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you enjoy Molly's presence in the book. And I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I, I very much do. So, uh, just one more quick question. If you ever wanted to expand beyond the, um, the comics page and the audio dramas and all that, is there ever going to be a chance for a Trekker prose novel? Wow. Um, you know, uh, every once in a while I get asked questions like that and just other things, other ways to sort of branch out the, for lack of a better phrase, the, the Trekker brand or franchise or whatever it would be. Um, I would be totally open to that. Um, I would love to take my hand at writing a Trekker prose novel, but um, it, it's just, it's a simple matter of number of hours in the day, frankly. Um, I am so busy right now. Uh, it's, it's a full-time job to write and draw the stories. Uh, and then it's another full-time job to, uh, at least for the length of the Kickstarter, you know, the month that the Kickstarter runs and the time leading up to it and the, the, the work done to, after the campaign ends to, you know, make all those extra stretch goal items and then, uh, ship them around and get them to deliver to people. It, it's a lot of jobs. And the idea about taking on something like writing a, writing a quality <laughs> prose novel, uh, that sounds like a pretty daunting task. So I would say not in the immediate future right now. I've, all of my focus is pretty much on trying to get the stories told because as you can probably tell, this series is extremely important to me. I, I never want it to be something where I'm just rushing to, you know, to, to just put something out that's done half-heartedly. Trekker gets all of me. <laughs> you know, this, this is, but everything I have goes into the series. Um, I think there's. I think there could be some great prose novels told of, of her stories. Uh, I think. I hope. I mean, if I've done my, my job right, there is a very, very rich world to be explored there that can stand being treated in a lot of different media. Um, and I would love to see that, but I myself don't have the time right now to make it happen. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Somebody else was just today saying, "Any chance of there being um, like action figures of, of Mercy and Molly and the crew?" I'd love action figures. That would be awesome. I just don't really have the time right myself right now to go out and and um um pursue that sort of stuff i guess i need somebody to take on that job for me 
Well, I'm sure there's a fan out there willing to put out some effort. Well, there might be. I'd, they can always reach me. I'm, I'm here 24-7. <laughs> All right. And that's a good segue, Ron. Where can people reach you online if they want to? Oh, well, uh, you can contact me through, I mean, the, the best thing to do as far as I'm concerned, it's a little self-serving, but there we are. If you if you do back the Kickstarter campaign, you can message me right through the, the Kickstarter. There's a, You can send me a direct message that way. Um, you can also find me uh, through Twitter. I'm just at Ron underscore Randall on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. You just have to look me up how we find people on Facebook. I'm one of the Ron Randalls on Facebook. I'm the one that draws comic books. <laughs> Um, and I have a website that's just ronrandall.com and you can contact me through that as well. Okay. And a quick reminder, how long does the Kickstarter run? Well, thank you for asking that. Yeah, it, uh, it's running through August 5th. That's a Thursday and it ends at, um, 7 PM Pacific time. So depending on what zone you live in, uh, that's where you're going to, that's your that's your hard deadline for back yeah. in the campaign. Once in a while, I have somebody get a hold of me after the campaign ends, and oh, I saw that you had uh, you know th- this reward offered, and um, you know most of the physical rewards that I create are meant exclusively for people that back the campaign. So if you're interested, I do hope that you'll check it out before August 5th, because unfortunately, some of those things just not going to be available once the campaign ends. Yep, take note of that time, folks, because <laughs> sometimes the internet is, you know, without mercy. It is. It oh, can be no a pun intended hard there. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, so just a quick reminder again, that is trekkerkickstarter.com. Go out there, back Ron's work. Ron, it, as always, it has been a pleasure having you here. Thanks so much, Clint. It's been a, been a great time. I've had a lot of fun. All right, and this is where Ron and I are going to part ways, and I'll probably uh, be playing some Akadekagonagon uh, trailers here. That's just fun to say, isn't it? It is. It rolls off the tongue. All right, well, I will play those little promos and be back with some listener feedback. Why are we doing this again, Molly? It's simple, Mercy. Your adventures as a trekker haven't stopped, and neither has Ron Randall. Who's Ron Randall? He's the writer and artist behind the comic books that star you, me, and Scuff. (coughs) Oh, him. So what does he want? An autograph? No. He wants people to help fund his Kickstarter. They can go to trekkerkickstarter.com and find out how to back the project and what rewards they can get. They might even get to share an adventure with you. What? I'm not taking some wet-behind-the-ears wannabes out to get themselves shot up. Where did he get an idea like that? Well, he's done it successfully before. (sighs) Typical. Ron Randall's Trekker has a new Kickstarter beginning this summer. Remember to go to TrekkerKickstarter.com for all the information on backer rewards, stretch goals, and how you can help bring the next Mercy St. Clair adventure into reality. Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks so much to Ron Randall for swinging by. This is the feedback portion where I get to thank all you lovely listeners that like, shared, retweeted, all that fun stuff. So, uh, as a quick reminder, last episode, I got to review Condry number one from Lesser Known Comics. 
And since this is pretty close to the last recording, I don't really have a ton of feedback on this one, but that's okay. Thanks anyway to people on Twitter who shared, including React and Chill, my uh, tune, tune in with me and Sven Pals, uh, Sarah Rhodes, Christopher Hamby Jr., and Gregory Litchfield, Patrick Hickey Jr., the writer of Condry, Donalyn Washington, Charlton Hero, Professor Frenzy, another Sven Pal as well, Billy Delicious, Alan Middleton, Robert Crash Sheridan, and Alexander Waffles Williams. Big shout out to Waffles, by the way. He he um, had a, a momentous life event the last month or so, so kudos to you, Waffles. And if you know, you know. And over on Facebook, uh, we got likes and shares from Darren and Ruth Sutherland. So if I missed anybody, I'm sorry. Uh, like I said, this was pretty close to the last recording. Didn't really uh, get to assemble the list as well as usual, but that's okay. Didn't get any direct feedback on the last episode, but that's also okay, folks. I will accept late work. No, I'm just kidding. It's not even work. It's not late. It's never late. If you want to go back and comment on any of the previous 60-plus episodes, I will gladly read it. I may not always remember what you're talking about, but by golly, I'll read it. So, that is uh, pretty much the short feedback portion this time, but that's okay. Uh, anybody who wants to write in, please do. You can always get a hold of me on Twitter at CoffeeComicsBLG. You can email the show at CoffeeAndComicsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can always, always leave those lovely uh, Apple Podcast reviews. I haven't gotten one in quite some time, and it does help the show get noticed, I, I've been told. So anyway, until next time, this is the place where the coffee is never too cold and the comics are never too old, or is it the other way around? I've said it 60-something times, and you'd think I'd know it by now, but... Yeah, it's the other way around. This is the place where the comics are never too old, and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. Thank you.